Hey there, you're listening to the Chamber Connection Podcast, conversation to keep you connected, featuring members, partners, and friends of the Ork Area Chamber of Commerce. One of the major appeals of living in a rural community is safety. We feel comfortable leaving our front doors unlocked, sharing personal information with our neighbors, and trusting our children to make it to and from the park on their own. But living in a rural community doesn't necessarily protect us from all dangers. There's one form of security that everyone should be considering, regardless of their geography. Cybersecurity is an ever-growing concern, especially as technology advances. We're all susceptible to being hacked, clicking on a spam link, or having our identity stolen. Now, before you get too scared and throw away all your technology, keep listening. Today, I'm joined by Ed and Jared from Applied Connective to talk more about what cybersecurity is and how you can protect yourself from what they call bad actors. As small businesses themselves, they know how to relate to their customer base. So please enjoy Ed and Jared. All right. Well, welcome to the Chamber Connection podcast. I will let you guys kind of introduce yourself so we can differentiate your voices and um, know who you guys are. Well, yeah. Thanks, Katie. And we appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm Ed Knott with Applied Connective, uh, co-founded the business about 20 years ago. Uh, live in Albion, Nebraska, originally from North Taylor, Nebraska. Um, just glad to be here today and talk to uh, more of a local listening area, uh, which we're passionate about rural Nebraska, just getting the word out on cybersecurity uh, specifically and, and you know, solutions we provide on that front and um, just things that small businesses should be aware of uh, as it relates to the, to the cyber side of things. And my name is Jared Deniger. I am in business development with Applied Connective, been working in IT for about 17 years, been with Applied Connective nearly for three years. Currently live in uh, Norfolk, Nebraska, and a native of there. Um, and yeah, thanks again for having us on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to learn more myself because uh, I feel like cybersecurity is something we're starting to hear about more and more. You know, I didn't learn about cybersecurity when I had a Nokia flip phone, but I do now that I have an iPhone 14. So I'm excited to learn more about what you guys offer and what we all need to be aware of. So. Um, So let's start with a pretty broad question that you might hate, but what is cybersecurity and why should I be aware of it? Um, So, I mean, cybersecurity has definitely evolved uh, over the years. I think, you know, when I first started doing IT, and I could probably attest to this, but a lot of the bad actors um, with cybersecurity like to target large organizations. Um, You know, they'd get a big payday. So if they were able to potentially get a malware ransomware at a large organization, uh, the payout would be a lot larger. As those organizations um, really started to invest a lot more money in their technology and security and tighten those things up, the bad actors are now uh, tending to cast a, a wider net to basically small, medium-sized businesses that may or may not have um, any you know, security protocols in place. So you know, back then when they were trying to get millions of dollars, now if they're infecting a, a small business, you know, one, two, three thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollars. So um, it's been a really interesting um, opportunity to get involved with some situations and, and learn more about how this, um, you know, how they go about this. Um, 
But definitely, I mean, we, we work with a lot of small, medium-sized businesses and feel like we've got a, a good proven method um, of solutions that we can put in place to make sure that these small businesses are protected. Yeah, I think Jared said it pretty well. You know, when you think about cyber at a high level and the use of the internet, um, it's really opened up business to a lot more exposure. So not, you know, the threats aren't, are no longer local and physical as it relates to leaving your door unlocked or, uh, um, you know, things of that nature. It's really opened you up to the world um, because of your connectivity to the internet. And so, you know, cyber threat at a high level has really evolved from, uh, there's, there's always been the threats of money fraud, um, but rather, you know, back viruses traditionally would damage uh, systems. Now the bad actors are really taking advantage of damaging systems while encrypting data and turning it into a business model themselves. So that, you know, the, the threat actors out there now are no longer, you know, just a couple guys in their basement um, looking to do damage or uh, make a name for themselves. It's really organized crime and it's worldwide. And so these organizations are really setting them up um, to be, you know, setting themselves up to be profitable. I mean, they're, they're recruiting, they're hiring, they are legitimate organizations. A lot of them, even though they're offshore based, um, are still targeting U.S. Yeah, there, there was some information that was leaked that some of these hacking groups are starting to formalize. They have HR departments, they have quarterly business reviews. So, um, you know, knowing what we know, the fact that they're, you know, starting to formalize more, um, they're becoming more and more of a threat. Wow. I feel like you kind of uh, got alluded to this, but, you know, I think typically when we think of cybersecurity, you think of, like you said, the large, you know, like hospitals who have a big infrastructure or large corporations. And, and when you look at rural communities in far of like, as far as like physical security, it's safer. So I think it's easy as a small business to think like, I'm not susceptible to that, especially a small business in a rural community where you don't really have to think about security as much. And it's becoming more of, a, more of an issue. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe there's statistics, that, and I think this even holds true for Nebraska, but one, one out of every four businesses has received a, some sort of phishing email. So, you know, even, even as small businesses seem to adopt technology more to run their business, Ed mentioned the exposure to the internet, but um, anytime you're using electronic communication, it could be text messaging, it could be emails. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to be susceptible to, to cyber threats. One of the things as Nebraskans that really makes us a target, um, in my opinion, is, is um, we're very trustworthy. Uh, and so that's actually um, kind of a downfall when it comes to you know, cyber threats and criminal uh, type behavior, because whether it's phishing or whether it's un an unsolicited phone call, um, you know, we want to help. We want to do good. We want to trust people. Um, and a lot of times, you know, bad actors are looking for those characteristics as far as the targets. Um, so that's what one thing I found interesting as far as the, you know, the group of people that are being targeted. I, I agree. You know, the ones that make the news are the large companies, um, but it doesn't exclude, you know, small and medium sized businesses um, from being a target. And there's a variety of reasons why they're high, you know, highly targeted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how can a lack of cybersecurity prevention affect me as an individual and then also like me as a small business owner? So really, I think, I think the biggest thing that um, any small, medium-sized business or any business owner can do is, is first educate themselves more on cybersecurity and the different types of threats. 
90% of the incidents that occur are, are typically attributed to some sort of user error. So it could be, you know, receiving a phishing email that looks to be legit and, you know, whether you enter in your credentials or start, you know, interacting with that. Um, but being, being familiar with the different types of phishing um, emails and scams that are out there. And then there, there's a layered approach when it comes to security. So at a high level, just understanding what, what those layers of security look like. Um, and then asking yourself, you know, do I have these in place and, and is it worth my time and money as a business owner to invest in some of those security protocols? I think at a personal level, the thing that you, we hear about or see most often is identity theft and identity fraud. Um, you know, somebody pretending to be you uh, because your Facebook account was compromised or your LinkedIn account, and, you know, sending messages to people that you trust and just, you know, using that as a tool against you. Um, because you've got the trust of those individuals where they can then, you know, get that larger audience of your contacts and, you know, identity theft and identity fraud is a, is a big concern and it can get really messy, um, at an individual level, you know, for small and medium sized businesses, um, you know, money fraud is, is, you know, whether that's ACH or wire fraud, um, is something that we see happen frequently. And, and sometimes, you know, just using examples of like, how can that happen? It won't happen to me. Um, but if you think through a scenario, like a phishing scenario, phishing at a high level is, is a bad actor trying to get your username and password, whether that's for your email, um, your online banking services, it could be a variety of different things. And once they've got you know, those two pieces of information, um, let's say they, they access your email. Now, once they're into your email, they can see as a small business, you know, how you conduct business, who are your trusted vendors, um, who are your trusted customers. They can pose as you, send out fake invoices, intercept. Um, wire payment methods, and, and uh, we see that common at a, a small and medium business level. To, to uh, kind of add more to what Ed mentioned about you know being trustworthy, uh, be very cautious about what you willfully put out on the internet. Um, a lot of times, the bad actors are going to target people that handle money within the organization, and everybody's got a LinkedIn account, right? So they, they you, you willfully put out there what your job title is and the organization that you work for. Um, a lot of times, you know, on an organization's LinkedIn account, you'll see who the president, who the owner is, you know, all the job titles, um, even social media. Uh, so really, you know, they can get very targeted without knowing or even, you know, living anywhere near Nebraska. So they can find out who your boss is, who handles money, find out what your email address is, and then they'll really start targeting you with phishing emails. So how do you like differentiate like, you know, a, a cold call email with a link versus a phishing email that has a link? How do you, what's a, like a good way to spot like, oh, this is a fraud email? We often, you know, through our different training, you know, uh, softwares or tools that we use, you're looking for red flags. And that red flag could be, you know, a, the domain name from the sender could be suspicious or it could you know, they could, you know, move an, a lowercase i to an L. Uh, it could be a grammar um, type issues or language or spelling issues where you just know that, you know, something's suspicious about this email. A lot of times, you know, a, a typical cold call email, and we all get those sales emails. A lot of times they're not going to include links um, or attachments or ask you to take any other action other than respond and let me know if you're interested. So, you know, typically with um, you're going to see grammar issues. You're going to you're going to be asked to to open something or click a link uh, where you're prompted for credentials. Those are all kind of red flags. You know, if it, if you're being asked to perform some type of action that 
um, requires you to run a, uh, an application on your computer, enter credentials for some type of service. Yeah, and a lot of times there's going to be urgency related with it. So, um, you know, we see a lot of phishing emails that appear to come from your boss, right? And most employees want to do a good job. They want to make their boss happy. So, you know, a phishing email might masquerade as, as the CEO or owner of the company. Um, some other examples or anything that's kind of hot topic or newsworthy, you know, in COVID, there was a lot of um, phishing emails that were related to Zoom meetings or go-to meetings or anything um, working virtually. Hey, your, you know, your Zoom account, uh, your password got reset, click on this link to reset it. Next thing you know, you enter in your email address and password, and then the bad actors have your, your email and password. Mm. A lot of times if, if the user just slows down and reads it and thinks about it, it becomes pretty obvious that um, this is a scam or potentially could be dangerous. But you know we're all busy. Um, we all you know click before we think, and um, that usually gets people into trouble. And uh, you know, with with technology, I mean we we have so many different ways that we can communicate that isn't face to face or over the phone. Um, every social media you've got, you know, direct messages or instant messages. A lot of organizations use Microsoft Teams or Slack. Um, one thing I tell people, which probably is uncommon for us being in the technology industry, is you know. Don't ever be scared to call somebody on the phone. You know, if you get a suspicious email, especially if it's, you know, has any regard to finances and sending money, don't hesitate to pick up that phone and, and get that person to hear their voice to confirm that you no know, request is legit. Yeah. So what are some other protections that um, myself or small businesses can can get to protect themselves other than just you know maybe educating ourselves on um where what's putting you at risk you know for for small businesses um cybersecurity awareness training is one of the the top things we push and there's a number of different vendors out there that can provide you know an affordable low-cost solution so that you can send at least on a monthly um or if that's too frequent on a quarterly basis do some type of simulation with your employees to get them thinking um, about the threats um, and how they can better protect themselves. It is a service that we offer. Uh, we've got a couple of different partners in which our staff will simulate uh, uh, some type of phishing email. It could be an Amazon order confirmation. It could appear to be um, you know, communication from another entity, but then we follow it up with training. And then we, we point out the red flags. Um, we can also track you know, what users clicked, what users opened, what users entered information. You know, during those training exercises and follow up more specifically um, in, in those types of scenarios. So that's kind of, you know, where we like to start. Um, and then, you know, using technology uh, even a step further is using, you know, AI um, and certain products to help prevent a lot of that stuff from hitting your inbox in the first place. When it comes to email correspondence, there are very good tools out there um, that use artificial intelligence to help you identify a spoof domain name or, um, potentially, you know, a sender that's, you know, posing as, as Ed Knott that's using a different email address than, than I typically would. So there's a lot of that artificial intelligence that's being used to, to prevent those things from hitting the inbox. Yeah, we've, we've been through a number of different presentations and had the opportunity to listen to different presenters on cybersecurity. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of a round robin where, you know, if there's a vulnerability, it's always going to be exploited. And you know, there was another rule that there's always going to be a vulnerability. So I mentioned it earlier when it comes to cybersecurity measures. Ed, Ed was talking about the you know email protection and cybersecurity awareness training, but really 
that layered approach, right? So I like to explain it as, you know, a series of hurdles. So if the bad actors are able to get over that first hurdle, they may have three or four more hurdles that they need to, to overcome before something bad happens. So um, we'll provide a, a link in the show notes to a, a checklist that has some basics for small, medium-sized businesses um, of different cybersecurity areas that it's really simple. It's got a brief explanation of each of these areas and any organization that uses technology be able to go through there and basically check the box and um, provides a good a good uh, foundation just to be able to go out and search some of the stuff and learn more about it. But um, there's there's physical security appliances. We've got antivirus. Um, there's a number of uh, services that have really really grown over the last three to four years um, when it comes to protection and uh, some of that's included in that checklist. You know, another thing that you know, an individual and small business level, multi-factor authentication is not used enough. Um, it's readily available with nearly every service you use from Facebook to your online banking. And when I'm talking about multi-factor authentication and account compromise, um, you know, traditionally, if a bad actor had your username and your password, that's all they needed to gain access to your accounts and services. Uh, with multi-factor, it requires an additional level of authentication. That might be a text message. Um, it could be an OTP code that rotates every 30 seconds. Um, so the use of some type of authenticator you know, on a smartphone, um, SMS text messaging uh, for any of those services, again, at a personal level, any, any services you are using in a, and for small businesses for those applications that they use that have uh, company data, personally identifiable information. Which it should be more, more and more people should be aware that at nearly every online bank um, or banking that offers online features has that multi-factor um, built into that. So it is a little bit of a nuisance, but uh, the, the protection and the security that that provides, that I mentioned is usually free, uh, can really save you from a bad, bad incident. Yeah. Or even like you said, just kind of, you mentioned this earlier, just like slowing down and actually reading things. Because I know I've almost gotten duped a couple of times where it's like the name of the, the the sender of the email is somebody I know, but the email is not. And if you're not paying attention to that, you could get you can get in trouble pretty quick. But yeah, like you said, just slowing down and paying attention to what's what you're reading and and the punctuation and everything. Yeah, and to that point, you you can't just be concerned about your organization what you can do to protect it because if somebody you're doing business with is compromised, because um, we did have a a customer that a vendor that they were doing business with was compromised in that scenario where. I described if a lowercase I was changed to an L. So basically the vendor, you know, an email was compromised. Um, now the bad guy knows that, you know, that this type of invoice was sent to the customer on a periodic basis. They went and registered a domain name that was very similar, sent a duped invoice for the same amount, changed the, you know, the ACH or wired instructions, and then $150,000 later, you know, the money's gone. Um, and uh, it can happen that quickly and that easily. And so, Really, you know, take a look at things closer. And like Jared said, um, if there's anything that's questionable or concerning, pick up the phone, you know, verify any changes in, in payment instruction um, and or any changes uh, of that nature um, would save people a lot of headache as well. Yeah. Well, this is a lot of really great information. I'm, I'm excited to see that checklist and make sure I'm doing everything I need to be doing to protect myself. But I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to talk about yourselves and your business, because um, for those who, people who don't know, you guys are um, 
in several communities throughout the state. And you started as a small business and, you know, our organization is customers and we've been so <laughs> grateful for the assistance we've gotten from you. So just tell us a little bit about Applied Connective. Sure. Um, yeah, Applied Connective was uh, started in 2004 in Cedar Rapids, Nebraska. Um, I worked for a financial software company out of, out of college for a few years, had an opportunity to, to move back to this area. Um, again, I had mentioned I'm from Taylor. And so uh, the quality of life that a community like Albion or an Ord or a Broken Bow was appealing to me and, and something that I wanted. So started a business here. You know, there was two of us. Um, now, today, you know, fast forward 19 years, there's 50 plus. Um, we are you know, working uh, from Lincoln and Omaha um, to, the, to the Panhandle. Um, with some regional and national accounts as well, doing primarily IT, managed IT services, cybersecurity, but also uh, phone systems and physical security technologies such as door access control, surveillance, uh, duress, panic, cabling, AV, basically any technology you can think of. Um, we sell support service. Yeah, I'd say, you know, for, for me, what makes us special is um, just our team. We've got an incredible group of people uh, with the majority of us based out of, you know, smaller communities in Nebraska. And to, to expand upon that, I think that, you know, what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis with the technology, I think that we have, um, you know, everything that we need that can put us up against, you know, any IT provider um, in, in any metropolitan area. We've got some extremely talented people and uh, kind of have that small town feel, right? We're we care about the people that we, you know, our neighbors, the people that we interact with every day. And, we try to extend that to every business or organization that we work with. So um, customer service and, and customer satisfaction is something that we pride ourselves on. Um, and I think it just kind of goes back to having those, those small town roads baked into, into our organization. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've personally had to been talk off the ledge by your guys' help desk and <laughs> no, Katie, don't throw the computer. I'll help you. So <laughs> Uh, well, I really appreciate you guys um, talking with us today, and I hope um, our listeners are going to learn a lot about cybersecurity and how to protect themselves. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll offer some more resources in the show notes, but um, you guys are always available as a resource as well. And um, welcome to the chamber, I guess. You guys are new members this year, and um, we're glad to have you guys. Yeah, we appreciate the warm welcome. Um, yeah, we appreciate Nebraska and, and we're passionate about rural Nebraska and what we can do to better protect our communities and small businesses. Uh, so yeah, anxious to yeah. Thank you, Katie. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Chamber Connection Podcast. For more tips and tricks on protecting yourself with cybersecurity, or more information on the professional services of Applied Connective, visit the show notes for additional resources and more information.